Welcome into the Tim McAuliffe studio here at Sportsnet. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. It's the real Kipper and Bourne show, national edition. We are live on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. This hour of real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by Bet365. Okay, out of the gate, let's welcome in Keith Jones. We got Keith Jones. Sammy? I don't think he's... We, I'm so yet. excited. Oh, and we're not no, on the show no, yet. Oh, I usually do, we do five minutes off the top on the national hour here, as we've done for most of the days of the full season. All so right. I'm just a little I'm, anxious. Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I heard him say, Jonesy's on the phone. And I thought he meant that's he's on the I phone. That's what I thought. Which means oh. he's on the phone, not Zoom. Yes. Hey, classic See, miscommunication. You understand voice. me now. Yeah, I got you, pal. You speak. <laughs> I speak Kippenese. Kippenese. <laughs> Welcome to the real You Kippenese said show. we've got him on the phone. Yes, yeah. and I meant that we usually like our guests be Zoom, but we made an exception for the president of the Philadelphia Flyers, which is a very big deal, and one of our favorite guests that we can't have on anymore, just like Talk It. And like you were saying with Doug McLean should go be with the, the Blue Jackets. We lose three of our favorite guests. Okay, no, no more. So I love that our show's been around long enough that we have marital spats on air now. <laughs> this is a very marital <laughs> Okay, so go. You got five minutes. Tell us, <laughs> tell us anything you want. I'm uh, just waiting for okay, Jonesy. I'll tell you something. Oh, yeah, we have it. Um, Sam and I have a proposal for you on Thursday for the show, which is we just call all of the show's friends. We call Doug. We'll, we'll call... Oh, it's our last show yeah, before the, the Christmas yeah. break. Yeah, our last one. Yeah. We just do a little Christmas party, and we call all our friends. What do you think? Uh, they call me. I show up. <laughs> and that's who we would call. We call, call Colbs. All for it. We call like that. You, you two can more. make so many calls that I'll stay home and listen <laughs> to the show. <laughs> I used to, well, when I was uh, working away on the weekends with my good friend Ben Ennis, I think for two or three years in a row, uh, we did a Super Bowl show, and we would just call all our friends. For the, we would do a four-hour show, and it would just be a, ga- a full of 20 guests. we just call people and say what they're doing for the game or whatever. So that we should do a Christmas party edition and just call everybody. Sounds lovely. I remember you used to do that. Like, I remember listening to one uh, Hockey Central at noon where it was you and Millard, and you guys were just talking to everybody. I, I just, yes. And I love that. That's what a Christmas is all about. You just get together with people, and you just, you know, you chat. So yeah. you chat with family maybe for a little all too right. long. And- have, have you guys put a checklist together? No, we were discussing it. Was there, we hadn't run it by you. We, had, we don't talk before the show, so we thought we had to talk about it on the show. <laughs> we, we would do a show plan <laughs> on air. Okay. I mean, it's not going to get down to the list. You know, you, the guy that pumps gas at your no, corner, is it? Oh, it's going to be our... I mean, it could. Unless he's got some strong <laughs> opinions. Listen, the guy... Listen, we're open to hearing. The guy that pumps <laughs> gas, at the, the guy at the SO by my place, we have a blood rivalry, so he will not be oh, called. Oh, really? He will what's not the, be called. What's the problem? Listen, we don't want to get into it, but... <laughs> The guy, he's never at the cash. He sees me coming. He doesn't approve the thing. He's in the, always in the fridge. He's, he's a nightmare, and he's <laughs> always on me. I'm telling you. He knows I'm coming. He sees me coming. And I'm like, oh, you're behind the till for once. He's like, oh, yeah, buddy. Okay, brother. I'm like, oh, you're dead. <laughs> I hate you. Now, I, I, don't, I don't think I've had anybody pump gas for me in like oh, 10 say, years. Oh, New he York? Works, he Where works behind, you know, he works behind the, the cash. Oh. And, but like as a guy who worked at a gas station for four years, 
you have to approve the... You worked at a gas station? I did. I worked at a gas station for a long time when I was a kid. Really? Yes. I, I worked at it like been a long time since there's been full serve in... I, I, don't mean, I didn't grow up in Ontario. I didn't, but... I didn't full serve. I worked at like Max, oh, where yeah. it was like a shell station in like thing. And I would I had to press the button for the, to approve for the gas to work. And it's the same technology. I've seen the thing he's got to press. He just doesn't press it. He's never there. I love he's this always, guy. Oh, I right, can't guy, stand him. So guys, we should have that <laughs> SO guy on for real. Oh, he'd be like, hey, brother. That's <laughs> what oh, you, you got fired, apparently? No, I, I quit. Oh, okay. I went to college. It's good. I worked. That was the job you had before this. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, I've worked a lot of jobs. You didn't go to college. I did. I what, did. Four years? Yeah. No, not for four years. What are you thinking? Crazy. Are you crazy? <laughs> I didn't go to college for four years to do this. Oh, very nice. Oh, my gosh. Off the rails. The Flyers. Today. Oh, yeah. The Flyers are fifth in the NHL in scoring chance differential. Here we go. Oh, and now we have Keith Jones right now. Turn we have Keith hockey. Jones. We are so excited because uh, this is a guy that's given the three of us hope that we can get out of this miserable <laughs> broadcasting world and actually have fun getting a real job with a hockey team. Jonesy, you are our inspiration, man. You guys are the best, man. <laughs> I, I miss. I miss. Do, I miss doing what you're doing. That was a. That was a great time. Great time in my life, but uh, good things are happening right now. That's for sure. Okay, so let's just talk a little bit about your your year and where you thought you'd be, or expectations, both on and or off the ice. Just tell us what you've experienced since becoming the president. Well, it's been great. Um, it's been a lot of fun. It has been invigorating. It's been challenging and it's been something that i've thoroughly enjoyed so i would say all of those things have made this job one that's been really an exciting time in my life so keith obviously you've known the nhl and continue to know the nhl inside and out when you're the president you know what sort of other things have you had to take on and learn this is a big challenge i imagine beyond the hockey part yeah, it's it's not as tricky as you would think. No, it's, it's surprisingly been uh, kind of felt natural to me. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's managing people. A lot of it's continuing to be a good teammate, even though I guess in some regards some would consider me to be the boss. But it's really not the way that we're doing things here. We have, you know, kind of a collaborative effort of everyone trying to do what's right for the organization and. I'm one part of that, but the business side of it has been, you know, interesting. Um, Obviously very involved in that side of it, but the hockey part is the most important part for us right now. We're trying to get that back on track, and we've had some measure of success so far, and I think fixing the hockey will fix the business side, and that's kind of the way that we've looked at it so far. Uh Jonesy, before we get into specifics on your team and, and, and the job of John Tortorella, uh, just, can you just speak a little bit to, you know, our, our era where we played in the league and, and Philly was perceived as this huge top market team and how it, it sold itself. Like, we, we never really ever thought about the Philadelphia Flyers having to go out there and, 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 and sell the brand or sell, the you know, in the community, but it's been challenging the last few years. Has it not in terms of, of where the flyers stand in, in the pecking order? Is it, is it gotten a lot tougher in the last few years to, 
to push the Philadelphia Flyers in that in that market? No, there's no doubt about it, Kip. There's, you know, the Flyers were a brand. There's no question about that. They have gotten away from that. Uh, we're bringing it back slowly. As far as our attendance goes, it's improving marginally. Um, a lot of that has to do with some of the early success that we've had. But this city of Philadelphia is one that's loaded with very good sports teams right now. And a lot of those dollars have gone to the Eagles' recent successful seasons, to the Phillies you know, being a playoff team over the last few years, to the Sixers being involved in the playoffs for multiple years. Uh, Flyers have not been. And when you start to you know, lose the advantage of selling season tickets through playoff success and playoff rounds, it becomes challenging pretty much in any U.S. city. But for the Flyers, it's been really a, a big mountain to climb. And we're getting there. We're not there yet. We still have a lot of work to do. Uh, stars do sell. And that was a big reason why we drafted Michkov. Uh Luckily, he fell to us under the circumstances. Not normally you get a superstar with a seventh pick, but that's where we see him. And by the time he arrives, I think we're going to sell that many more tickets just based upon the star power and then having the foundation of a good culture built uh, like we're doing right now. How is Michkov's development going? How is his season? I haven't um, followed up on the, uh, you know, on the, on the prospects. Yeah. Well, I, I, I watch him every chance I get Maury. That's for sure. Yeah. There's, uh, he's doing, he's doing really well. He has had pneumonia over the last couple of weeks, so he has not played, didn't participate in the KHL all-star game, but was a point per game player prior to that playing for Sochi. And hmm. he can put on a show. He is a highly talented player that's got, you know, an immense amount of skill and a desire to be great. So we're, we're really looking forward to getting him in the fold. It's probably going to be a couple of years from now, mm-hmm. but um, the anticipation from our fans and really from our front office and our coaching staff, Torts calls him the mad Russian. So every time <laughs> he speaks of him, so we can uh, look forward to, um, you know, his arrival and at the same time continue to develop, you know, our prospects that will be play, playing in the World Junior Tournament, like Cutter Goche and Oliver Bonk. Uh, Chernak is there as well. So we've got some good young players that will be on display there also. We're talking to Keith Jones, former NHLer, broadcaster, and now president of Hockey Ops for the Philadelphia Flyers. So, Jonesy, we all know Tortorella from covering him as broadcasters over the years. Uh what did you think you knew about him beforehand, and what have you learned after the the fact that you are now working together side by side? Yeah, no, no real surprises. I, I did work with him in television back in the day at TSN when I was first getting started, so I got to know him away from the game, um, and obviously found him to be a really incredible person, a great guy to talk to, someone that cared about other people, and I've, you know, working this closely with them over the last couple of years, really when you're covering the Flyers, you're, you're part of that team, which I think our broadcasters feel the same way right now, but getting behind the scenes and watching the way that he coaches has been something that I've really appreciated. Um, you get a look inside to the way that he thinks, the way that he handles his players, his willingness to, you know, work with us as far as developing our young players. And he's been really open about that. 
and he's incredibly honest with his players. So I think the kind of things that I think we all appreciated as players, he is that type of coach with our team, and he's got a room full of guys that he likes. I think that makes it all the better for all of us. Jonesy, for any team to meet or exceed expectations, there have to be some surprises, some individual performances throughout the season that are positive, pleasant surprises. Who would you single out as, as individual performances from you guys this season that have really elevated you beyond maybe what public expectations were? I, I would say it's our whole group of defensemen. Yeah. I, I think our blue line has been outstanding. and I, I think Sean Walker's done an incredibly good job and continues to do that. It's not a fluke. This is a very talented and smart hockey player. Uh, good teammate on top of that. Uh, he's got a very good and steady partner in Nick Sealer, who's exceeded expectations this year. Travis Sanheim, who, you know, we were in the works of moving in the offseason, has, you know, taken that to heart and came in here and just taken the, the league on by storm the way that he has played. Cam York's done a great job. Ristolainen's now healthy and available and is coming off a monster performance against Detroit. And Zamula continues to grow as, as a player, as a young player that we need to develop and continue to have him move forward. With some help from Mark Stahl, the veterans really fit in. So I would say the biggest surprise has been the way that our D has performed and meshed together. And it's uh, not surprising anymore to see them perform well after watching them do it over the first 30 games. Hey, Jonesy, you mentioned development, and we know your organization is still in this transitional period and how important that is. Uh, is that a conversation that you had to have with Tortorella in terms of, okay, uh, the winds are great this time of year and we love it, but we have to we have to continue to kind of make sure that the young kids are developing and, you know, some coaches have reputations for not leaning towards young kids. And is that something you constantly had to stay on or you just trusted torts uh, to do the right thing as, as you guys turn this ship around? You know, he's worked with us basically hand in hand from the start. He, he has been all in on continuing to develop players like Bobby Brink and Tyson Forrester Forrester was out there in the last minute of the game in a one-goal game against Detroit. That speaks volumes for a 20-year-old kid playing for a coach like John Tortorella. So there's been no issue with that, Kipper. He's just been on board and continues to, you know, push the envelope with our younger players, putting them in key spots, you know, on any given night. And we couldn't be happier about that. And, again, it's not – a one-man job here. It's a group of people trying to get things right, and that's been working for us so far. How do you handicap the uh, the Metro Division this year? Uh, the Rangers, obviously, a very good team. Capitals kind of right behind you guys. Um, you like your odds of getting in playoffs here? You see yourself in sort of that tier of teams? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, it, I, I would say probably not. Yeah, but okay, we fair. continue to hang around. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's a very tough division with some teams that have expectations of winning a Stanley Cup this year. Uh, we're pretty grounded in our view of, you know, way, where we are right now. And, you know, I don't consider us a cup contending team. I do think we're going to be a pain. I don't think we're going to be an easy out, whether that means out of the playoff pitcher or out during the playoffs. But, we're going to continue to push, and our players are going to 
you know, kind of help us determine where we're at. They've taken it to heart. They like being the underdogs, and uh, they're kind of feeding on that us-against-the-world type mentality, and so far it's worked well for us. But we're playing the Devils tonight, and we know they're loaded with talent, some first overall picks, and it's going to be a huge challenge for us. So in teams like Vancouver, uh, Edmonton, Toronto, uh, call you and say, uh, yeah, what are you doing with Sean Walker and Nick Sealer? Uh, you know, what do can, you tell them? Can we have one, please? <laughs> can we have one, just <laughs> one, please? <laughs> you guys are the best. <laughs> <laughs> those, are, those are the tough, those are the tough questions, and, and they really are. Uh, we are not uh, closing the door on anything. We've been uh, telling everybody we're open for business and we're going to continue that way, but uh, we have a lot of players that have garnered a lot of interest. And I think when teams that are looking to try to win championships look and see how a team comes together and start to kind of navigate through that team to see which players have been key contributors, we've got some guys that have really done an outstanding job of helping us exceed expectations, and I think they've caught the attention of a lot of teams around the league. So if you are ex- exceeding uh, expectations uh, at Christmas, is there the tempta- temptation, Jonesy, of speeding up the process here? You're currently second in the Metro Division. Not too many people saw it at this point. Speeding up the process in what way? Next? Winning, baby. Making the playoffs. Winning around. Oh, no, no. Yeah, no, we won't change our focus on that. As far as kind of building this thing back we have we've got a plan in place and we're going to stick by it but there has been some curveballs thrown at us uh can't lie to you in that regard we've had some players that have really performed extremely well and proven not just to be great teammates but very effective players we, we knew we were building a good room uh we weren't sure how far that could take us but uh you know, Torch started that work last year and identifying who he wanted to keep and who he wanted to move. And, you know, we helped him in that regard during the off season with some, you know, key additions like Garnet Hathaway and uh, Ryan Paling have both jumped in there and done an outstanding job for us. But the players have just, they've done the work. They deserve the opportunity to continue to play together and allow, you know, this to unfold. But there's no question in our minds, we know where we are. We know where we want to get to, and there will be some changes along the way. Have you guys found your cornerstone there in net? Carter Hart, he's a 919 save percentage. His numbers have gotten better four straight years now, at least save percentage-wise, in the crease for you guys, 26 years old. Um, I believe he's in the last year of his deal. Does this feel like the guy that's going to be a Philadelphia Flyer for a while? Yeah, I'd be surprised if he's not. We believe he's a top eight goaltender in the National Hockey League, so they are not easy to find. Uh, When you get them, you want to continue to groom them and, you know, allow them to blossom, and he's done all of that this year. With a better team playing in front of him, I think we've all witnessed just how good Carter can be, and, you know, he's been battling a bit of a stomach virus or flu right now, so he won't be with us tonight, but he, uh, we look forward to him getting back in the mix while Sam Harrison continues to, you know, carry the mail right now, and he's done an incredibly good job. I look forward to watching him get tested tonight by this Devils team. Jonesy, we so appreciate your time, man. We know you're a real busy guy, and uh, all the best of luck tonight versus New Jersey. I appreciate it, guys. Catch up soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jonesy.
That is Keith Jones, who stands as the president of hockey operations for the Philadelphia Flyers and doing one hell of a good job. I gotta tell you, that's one of my favorite interviews we've had in a long time. I, I was really impressed with that. He's just I love so voice. good though. I just love the sound of his voice. I miss it. <laughs> well, I was, no, it's true. Like yeah. we, he was he was a key contributor to our show for the first two seasons. We'd for have sure. him on once a month. Like he was on all the time. He gave us great stories. He's a funny guy. He's excellent. Well, he's at just it. super honest too. You know, yeah. like I, I thought really impressed. Like he mentioned with Stanheim. He's like he's a guy we were gonna move. You know, and yeah. Stanheim took heart, that to heart. You know, I asked him, you know, where they are in the division. He says, we don't see ourselves among those good teams. So Crazy. As, but, I mean, very realistic and healthy. Which is, if you're a Flyers fan, you're like, yeah. yes. We don't Let's want not panic. Be delusional here. So I'm just wondering now, as we continue to progress in the National Hockey League and teams from top to bottom start looking more like each other. Mm-hmm. You know, unless as this personality, does the guy behind the bench become that much more important? I got to be honest with you. I'm, I was like many. thought Tortorella was done. Yeah. The game's changed. Yeah. It's, too, it's too far removed. And yet this team now reeks of his personality and his character. And I can say oh, the same thing. Out for, of here, I, I, I can th- say the same thing for uh, Rick Tockett. Yeah. In it's, Vancouver. It's almost like everyone has so much video, so many analytics and so much video, and they mm. know what every team is going to do mm. before you play them. You ask any coach, they'll tell you the systems of their opponent before you play the game. You all know what each other are going to do. And at some point, it just comes down to balls. <laughs> best Big ones. The, maybe the best job of the year. Work ethic, <laughs> timing, heart, hustle, like execution. And so if you have a guy that's grinding your guys... And you get that execution. That might be the difference in today's hockey. And cojones. Yeah. And I loved what Jonesy, the way he talked about torts. It's like, yeah, he's really willing to play guys, but he's still himself. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, he's still, like, a hard-nosed guy, but he's playing young We've guys. Asked him to play it, the young guys. And he's doing it. Yeah. So uh, I also love that when uh, given an opportunity, who, you know, who's been good for you? He talked up the one guy we know they're trading. He immediately was like, Sean Walker, this guy right here. You got to see this guy. I thought that was a business move on his part. I liked it. And he knows he's on in Toronto. Yeah. He you knows know the people are talking Sean about. Sean Walker, this guy's going to cost something. You want him? Sealer? Do, do they go as a pair? I don't know. I don't know much about Sealer. Yeah, I, I feel uninformed. I mean, I know he's fine. Carter Hart is UFA... So Next I year. didn't want to grind him about that, but Hart's deal's up. This is it. UFA. UFA. At the end of this year? Are you oh, sure? Well, let me just confirm. He's definitely his contract's up. Is he maybe not UFA? I think no, he might be, be RFA. 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 He's got to be. His contract's up is all I saw. 3.979 is his current deal. And? Yeah, he's an RFA when it expires. RFA. Yeah. Okay, so. All right. Can you uh, give, me, give me the top eight paid goalies? He just he just signed him. Didn't no, you hear him? He, he didn't. said he's a top eight. So tell <laughs> me who the eighth highest is. paid guy in the NHL is in that. No, because the top eight highest paid guys are often bums. They're not the good goalies. <laughs> the, you know, how, how, far, how far does what's it Bob drop now? What's the, Bob? The how highest, far does it drop? The highest paid goalies, uh, 2023, um, Carey Price, number one, 2.5, to 10.5, Sergei Bobrovsky, Vasilevsky, John Gibson, 
Matt, six and a half. Matt, Matt Murray. Six, six, uh, six one. 6.4 six uh, for Matt Murray. 6.4. Connor Hellebuck, six point. Uh, this is from last year. So he just got paid eight what? He got paid eight something, eight, right? Eight, Eight five. Uh, Bennington maybe eight. eight ben, Bennington six. Markstrom six. So Grubauer six. five nine. Shesterkin five point six. What a deal that is. That's he's on a bridge though. Yeah. If you could give me Carter Hart five times six or something. No, he'd probably work his way up towards uh, Hellebuck's numbers if he can keep his nine. 919? 920. Yeah, he's uh he was like an 878, then a 905, yeah. then a 917, now a 919, that, The one contract, I'm just scrolling down here, the one that we kind of not made fun of but balked at when it was signed was that Allmark deal, and that's just such a great deal now. Oh, God, yeah. But, but, I would, no, but everybody expected Allmark to be, where did he come from, Buffalo? Buffalo yeah. yeah, yeah. everybody expected Allmark Buffalo at that. Yeah, he gets to play behind Boston's defense. But he's been different. really good. Did he win Vesna last year? Ulmerk? Uh Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. he's like for five million bucks, that's really good value. Yeah. So, Certainly is that. All right, Sam. Game Should time? We, uh, by the way, uh, JB did a terrific job on game time. Oh, yeah. Yesterday. No, that wasn't yesterday. That was on Thursday. Friday. Thursday, Friday. What day is it today? No idea. Tuesday? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had a Christmas lunch, remember? <laughs> 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 Fair enough. Um, yeah, not taking your job anytime soon. Oh, my God. It's game time. It's game time. <laughs> it's game time. Presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary. Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Now, we've got a lot of games tonight, boys. Mm-hmm. A lot of games. Uh, Are you going to give me that wild one? Do you want Swoo's pick of the week? Swoo? Yeah, my buddy Ron. Ronnie Spoo? He texted me a parlay, okay. a same-game parlay for the Toronto Maple Leafs. That is a 30-to-1 shot. <laughs> 30, by the way, people. is That 10 bucks win 300. Yes. Uh, Tavares, one assist. Mika Zibanejad, one point. Mitch Marner, one point. And Morgan Riley with four block shots pays 30-to-1. So there's Ron's pick of the week. There's two things I don't like about it. That it's not a point for Tavares and that, that it's four-plus a- shots blocked for Morgan Riley. Tavares, if that was a p- assist, is we could not... Change it. We could change it to a point and see what yeah. it is, but yeah, there you go. And how Morgan many... Morgan, four what, shots, what, that's what, too what many blocks. What would Morgan average on block I shots? I can tell you, because I we looked, looked into at this, it. it's 2.2 blocks per game. Yeah, he's not coming up with four. Last game against the Penguins, he had four block shots. It's not impossible, but it's unlikely, so can we so, yeah, tease that's it why to three? That's can why we... it's 30 to one. <laughs> yeah. Can we tease it, though? Cowards parlay this thing. It, if you take it down to three shot blocks, it takes it from 30 to one to 12 to one. So they that, that winning extra, twelve to one bet extra, than a losing thirty to one bet. That extra, that's the big one right there. That yeah. extra one block that they is, know isn't going to happen. Well, there you go. Um, but the other ones that I like tonight, we just had Jonesy. You know, he just made me feel great about this, and I wasn't going to do it. Good guy vibe pick. Good guy vibe pick. Give me the give me the Flyers, the big underdog tonight, plus one thirty five in New Jersey. New Jersey's goaltending's been suspect. I know they're going with their backup too because of uh, Carter Hart not feeling well. But uh, give me that one, and. Uh, what else do I like today? The Tampa Bay Lightning. Give me, give me the, what's oh. the Ottawa? They got a new coach tonight. Oh, yeah, right. The Ottawa Senators with uh, Jacques Martin. and They Daniel are a Robertson. large favorite. They're so a fan, they? they're a favorite against the Arizona Coyotes, who pretty sure you're like, ah, oh, the Arizona State. They're in a playoff spot, and 
Ottawa is dead last. No, the, West, the West isn't real. Does, and Ottawa hasn't played any Does games. Ottawa take the personality of Jacques Martin like the Philadelphia Flyers have with Tortorella? And hey, what's that personality? <laughs> uh, eating Werther's and <laughs> taking your dog for a walk. I don't know. Watching Matt walk. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think structured and defensive are, was the like, thing, right? Are they shopping hard for another guy or now? Like head coach? Yes. It doesn't no, appear like. Doesn't seem like it. This is just take it to the end of the year. Right, let's say let's save this conversation there's a, for. Uh, there's a lot for news of games notes. left. And the last the last we'll one revisit. I have the last one I have in here that jumped out to me as I'm looking. The Vegas Golden Knights are a pretty big underdog tonight in Carolina. So, uh, you know, when you ever you get, whenever you get underdog. Vegas as a plus one ten, I think it's something you can look at. Uh, so give me the Vegas Golden Knights as plus one ten tonight in Carolina. And that was Game Time, presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19+. plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Okay, as Sammy teed up, we will get uh, more into the Ottawa Senators and Jacques Martin as he starts his tenure once again with the Ottawa Senators. Also in our first hour, we had a, a conversation on John Tavares and Hall of Famer or not. Mm-hmm. When uh, we come after break, we're going to go through a list of a thousand points and who isn't in the hall of fame. And you're going to tell me yes or no, if they get in. Love it. Okay. Are you doing the work on that one? Or? <laughs> yeah, we no, I'm going for a coffee and you're going to collect all the names. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm on it. Sammy McKee with the list <laughs> after these words. Teeing up the biggest games of the night. It's the fan pregame with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Weekdays at 6 p.m. on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, 11 games on tap tonight, including the Ottawa Senators at Arizona. Are, are we allowed to, like, give Arizona any love at all or not until they're out of that college no. building. No, you're not allowed to. They're in Mullet Arena. Sorry. They are in a playoff spot. But they are kind Good for of... for them. No. They're not... They're frisky. Unfun to watch. Wouldn't know. Clayton Keller is <laughs> Such a... really Clayton good. Keller and Schmaltz are both really effective players. Really good. They, it's Honestly, I feel bad for those guys and I make light of it. I respect the fans there. The players can't do anything about it. They're playing their hearts out. Doing great. I don't watch them. Clayton Keller, also a plus handicap, I think. Yeah, well, living in Arizona and missing yeah. playoffs every year. Yeah, nice <laughs> yeah you should be on the tour. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's minus 13 this year. So that's right. <laughs> oh, we got jokes. We oh, got jokes my today. God. Uh, you don't get rid of DJ Smith if you th- think you don't have a chance to get back in the playoff picture. That's well, what you I don't believe. Know. Well, I, I or believe. Or you're hoping. I believe it's like a fan thing that you can't lose the fans. The fans are sick of, you know, falling short of recent expectations, and I think 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 this team is better. So I don't know if they believe they can make playoffs, but I sure think they would like to make a push and keep fans engaged and win some games here. Because I do think this team is way better, way better than where they are in the standings right now. December, Christmas time, and they're dead last in the in the conference. So way better. Yeah, I still think Patrick Waugh should go there, and it would just make the whole league that much more enjoyable to watch. A wise man, that would be you, once told me, this is entertainment. 
at the end of the day. Well, I, it's more than entertainment. He just oh, you makes meant our it, job was entertainment. Oh, I, well, <laughs> we'll get the entertainment out of him for sure. Right. But he, he he can sell tickets in Ottawa, and that's a that's important. And I mean, he just coached a team to a Memorial Cup win, right? Uh, was that last year? It was two years it was, ago. Yeah, it was at okay. some point. He won a Memorial Cup. Yeah. On top of being an NHL Hall of Famer and having NHL coaching experience, yeah, he he's a no brainer for someone to get back in the league. I don't, you know, what? I had people saying I want him in Toronto. I was like, well, that was a conversation in the off season. Mm-hmm. To me, like before they extended, yeah, it was. I remember talking about Children. Patrick Waugh potentially being. I was like, I don't know. The problem that is, just, he I is. I just don't. I don't feel right. No, but he's also like oh. you know he's oxygen to a flame. Like he's, he, this is the place where you need someone is, who can yes manage calm him, it. manage him, yeah, and, and work with him. And this and is Keith, Keith Jones. We just heard from Keith Jones. Mm-hmm. And I, there might not be a more perfect guy to to have daily conversations with John Tortorella than Keith Jones. Yes, yeah. someone to kind and of his, keep him. Jonesy's got like social IQ. Like really good emotional IQ, where he can he can work around a guy like Tortorella. Who's a little bit and more I'm not explosive. sure a lot of guys have that in our league in yeah. certain positions with certain teams. Mm. But I think you got to have a very special ownership and management group to welcome in Patrick Waugh. Is Steve Steos that? I like Steve a lot. Yeah. I do. And I, I think, yeah, but you're going to have to embrace that. Uh, you're going to have to embrace the fact that this guy, on most occasions, can come across a little bigger than life. Yeah, but and, that, you're Ottawa. Like, you know, I don't mean that disrespectfully. That's great, though. Yeah. Like, you, you're you trying to sell tickets. You're in, based out of Canada. You're trying to get a new and, rink. Attention yeah. and energy would be great. Little, little chaos. Never heard anything. Let's and, go. Yeah. Like, be in the storyline. You know, yeah. and I, I, don't, I don't know Stephen well enough to say if he micromanages. Mm-hmm. And Patrick's not a guy that you come in there and say, hey, listen, I really think you should play this guy and, like, it's gotta that's, be, that's probably the concern is not that gonna work. you have just bought a team, yeah. made Steos kind yeah. of the guy to run it, and Waugh seems like a guy, wasn't part of the reason he was ousted in uh, in Colorado was that he wanted coach GM. He wanted all the power. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I can't really recall, but you're absolutely right. So there it would was be hard a, to tell him there, anything. There was a struggle power. Yeah. Uh, a struggle of power. Struggle. Power, yeah. for sure. But I, and then you I also, mean, he's used to being... The owner, GM, coach, everything. He sells it's tickets. He does to everything buy a team for the... hand it to Patrick and say, "Hope it goes well." You know, I, like, yeah. That's crazy. It's just I, the information that I had, better than mine, was that Patrick was ready to just come in and coach. Just coach. Just coach. Now we're so, talking. Yeah, I heard some things. And you know, the other thing too, and, <laughs> and it's just not Steve Steos, but Michael Landlauer now is a very hands-on owner. Which again, I don't know if we went through thirty-two teams. You love it. There, uh, there might be it. there might be fifteen, twenty teams. We don't have a clue who their owner is. He doesn't mm-hmm. talk. He doesn't talk, you know. He doesn't have press conferences. He doesn't go to the media. He doesn't have relationships with uh, beat reporters. You know, Michael's owner decision maker you know from top to bottom he owns the team yeah man so Don't he's be jerry jones 100 hands-on so between 
him and Steos and a big guy like Patrick Waugh, not sure, not sure it's, it could work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, you know, there is no shortage of options. Me personally, I have heard Steve Steos and Michael Anlauer saying they're trying to calm things down. They want to get out of the, you know, they don't want to be negative stories, whatever. There are other coaches you can hire that might be calmer. But I do think that if you want to sell tickets still. Listen, they, I, they tried calm and stability, but the, yeah. the record didn't allow it. Yeah. But now they're even going even more calm. More yeah. stability. Oh, yeah. They're calm as an they, afternoon nap. Yeah. I, I, Until Jacques 0 for 3. Yeah, then what? And then we'll see. Like, do you think, you know, you don't... At least that's, that door's open wanna, now to hire someone. I don't want another fresh start. Slag on them, but, like, you know, exactly they're really going to be the guy that kicks down the door and wakes the fellas up? Yeah. Like, that's, to me, it's like, that's what this team needs. Simmons is old. He can't go home because he hates his wife. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was that in? <laughs> liar, liar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. so it's a line I get stuck Who referenced in? that to us the other day? Simmons is old. I just don't know if that's the solution, <laughs> is being, like, these guys need to be fired up. Here's Jacques Martin. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I, I feel like now would be the time to tell you, right away. Like, you can't. It's way tougher to hold these kids' attention span than it was 10 or 20 years ago. Having Alfie there probably helps a little bit. You know, cause he could be the Paul Coffey on Ottawa's bench, right? Same kind of idea there. Here's a proven dude. So what he's trying to say, guys, is that's... Alfie's role now in the dressing yeah, room. Yes, here, yeah, you go fire things up, Alfie. <laughs> yeah, saw Alfie putting on his skates on the bench today, wearing a helmet out there for practice. Hey, All right, I wanted to uh, challenge you to some math, Kipper. Uh oh, yeah, just <laughs> have a random math contest. Take my sh- shoes and socks off. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just with Sid. He moved into thirteenth place last night, all time. Okay, scored the game-winning goal. Thirteenth all time already. Hey. Yeah. Wow. So, of course, that got me looking to the NHL records page. And he now is at 1535. And he is now... 13th, you said? He's in 13th. Yeah, just past Mark Recchi last night. Yes. So he is four points behind Joe Thornton. Yeah. So he'll get there this year. And then he would... He's 40... Top five. He can get to top five. You think he's going to get top five? Gosh, that's a big gap. What's he? He would need another. I don't know. I'm not, I didn't even look at the so list. He, he, the, he would need 250 more points, roughly. So, that's, yeah, Ron Francis is fifth all time with 1,798 points. He's going to play for another two and a half seasons. Yeah, it might get slightly worse 80, as he gets older. 85 points, 80 points. Point a game? Yeah. I just, you know, it's remarkable looking at the names that are left in front of him and talking about him not being like a. You know, with his accolades, we talk about everything that he's won. To me, he's a top five guy. You think he's a Hall of Famer? <laughs> they got to wave the thing for him. But, like, to me, he's in the, you know, conversation with the all-time greats. Oh, he's already there. I know. But he, like, he packed it up at the end of this season. Feel, like, I mean, as a younger guy, and, you know, I'm not as young as I'd like to think I am, but at some point, you know, everyone's like, oh, you can't put him up there with, or you can't put him up there with how. It's like, well, for me, you can't. For me, he is in that conversation. Like, he is this generation's by far greatest player, and he has moved himself into the conversation 
as one of the all-time, all-time greats. When you look at the guys who are in the top 10 in points, um, look at the guys ahead of them. Thornton has played 500 more games than Sid. Um, Ron Francis was 1,700 games. Yeah. Powell, 1,700. Messier, 1,700. Yager, 1,700. Sid's at 1,220. Wow. What did he miss? A year and a half? Yeah. Yeah. To concussion? And, you know, there may be another 300 games left in his career or something, whatever the number is. So... There's lots to go, and then I agree. At that point, it's probably like, but do the, you think he'll ever wear another jersey, a non-Penguins jersey? Yeah. I don't if, know. If, I'm, if we watched them on the weekend, and it just – I felt bad for Sid Saturday night. Uh, yeah. It was, I think, one of his worst shellackings. But he, that was one of the most embarrassing performances from a team. Their dad's weekend, Saturday night, hockey night in Canada, Dubas's return. Didn't? No. It was a drop. Well, I was going to say that. I wasn't sure if I was allowed to say okay. that. That is the expression I, I was looking for, Maybe though. not. So do we'll you, find out. So do you think you'll ever? Because I think we've had this conversation before. I can't remember what your thoughts are, but do you think you'll play on another team? No. No? No. Nah, I don't either. So he'd I sign another contract there I or just be done? I think he's on the Mario Lemieux uh, track. He's going to start and finish a Pittsburgh Penguin. And there's no team that could tempt them, you don't think? Yeah, I don't know. By the way, Sid is 200 points behind Mario, 220. I don't, I, that's just a guess, but I don't think so. I think uh, he's got his cups, he's got his awards, he's, he's a penguin. Yeah. And then it's. Just tough to envision such a competitor just being on a bad team in his later years, like willingly gets laughing it up. No, no. Disrespect to Getzlaff, but there's a choice he made for his family. And his- yeah, like, what is another cup on Colorado do for him? I mean, I think he's already, like I said, I think he's already an all-time great. So, yeah. like, he's maybe nothing. He, he, the only thing he should be thinking about is when do I stop having fun doing this, mm-hmm. and when do I start working with the Fenway Group and help run the team if that's what I choose. Yeah. Because that's that's the next move is he gets to write his own ticket with the Fenway group. Think so? You go get sure. $7 million a year like Kyle to do it? Be president, GM, hockey ops, head scout. <laughs> do it all. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Where's, where's Kyle in the organization in three or four years, right? He's Running. He's got a seven-year deal. Uh, maybe, maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. No, he's going to be running it. They, they clearly brought him in because they see the finish line for this, and they think that he's... Where's the finish line? I mean, bad. Bad finish line. Where it's like at some point, well, I guess they just gave Malkin... It's and, bad. Listen, it's really bad. they just uh, gave Malkin and Latang really long contracts, so maybe, maybe I'm wrong. He got... Was that pre Dubas? Dubas yeah, no, got was, seven yes, years. Wasn't Dubas. It's, it's, the, it's the standard five years, but Fenway wanted... Two years for Sid. That's how he came to seven years. So it's for two years that I'm gonna I'm gonna work on helping Sid maybe try to win another Stanley Cup. But after that, the rebuild years. Uh, it's the rebuild years. But you don't know in two years what's gonna be what's what's Kyle leaving himself to rebuild that in five years. Right. He's going to spend to stay competitive with those guys. And God, that Carlson contract on there could, looks so it tough. Could, it could get ugly for him there, too, yeah. right? He could leave the cupboards as bare as the Leafs are right now. 
Yeah, I, you know, that's just such a, maybe he, I guess he just took the money because it's so much money, but it's an impossible. What does Carlson have a, left? $10 four million? Years, four years. Or t- next year he makes $10 million as well, then the next year, then the next year. So till 27. But also like Ryan Graves makes four and a half till 30. How, and Ricard Raquel makes five till 28. How about Latang? Latang makes, uh, where's he at? Six. 6.1 till 28. Malkin. Malkin has three more this season and two more at 6.1. I got a lot of money. That's all. He took yeah, over, a lot of losses. Took over a really hard job. Yeah, I agree. Like it's an impossible job because you have to. You're either the guy that continues to feed into this beast. That's just not. It's the car's not going to restart. Imagine yet. if they're bad for the next month and he just decides this year we're not in it and he just starts selling. I mean, that, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. But Pittsburgh Sid? right now they rot. Yeah, they're, they're no good. Bad. Maybe they can get better. They can turn it around. They can get some better goaltending. Things can go better for them. But I have watched them play three straight hockey games. I know they won last night, and I just don't see it. All right, before we start throwing some names out here, uh, just a mention of uh, Markstrom coming back for Calgary and having a pretty impressive win over the Florida Panthers last night. Good win. It was a really good win. And Calgary's like... Can't quit them. Can't. Like the whole league's waiting for them to ship a few defensemen out, and they're they're not in any hurry. Apparently, I remember I tweeted like their schedule till Christmas was like a murderer's row. They had this awful schedule, and it has been super hard. But there's four, four, and two in their last ten, kind of humming along. They've won two in a row. If they get through this, they'll have a pretty soft schedule the rest of the way. You never know. Yeah. Maybe the Flames aren't done. I think you're going to have to start one thinking. point out of a wild card spot right now. I think if you're Brad Treliving, I think you're going to be calling old Keith Jones before you're calling Craig Conroy. You I know, know we uh, do the Leafs hour. Sean Walker, I've mentioned this to you before. Good player, five eleven. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just saying for what the Leafs need. I don't know yep. if that's your answer. No, yeah, it's a valid point. I would that, prefer I would prefer a brute. Yeah, of that, some kind. I think most people. Guys, are, there are are top six guys. to eight teams. Want a defenseman so yeah. badly. Like you're in an arms race a right now. A pretty decent team could just decide we're not it this year and just start selling off assets yeah. and make, you know, get a haul back. Like what about Washington? What you if know? the Preds decided you could have Soros and Yossi right now? Oh my God. Well, you know? I don't think they'd trade Rose. They'd trade their captain. Uh, Maybe they should. There's who, who could take those contracts? Uh, most right? people who. And you're want not good doing players. it to send back. Yeah, those con- uh, Tavares and, and Morgan Riley. Soros is way more doable. Like he's a what's he at five? Soros is not a lot of money, five yeah. and a half or something. But you he could needs come up a with- new ticket. Yeah, but if you're a contending team who needs a goalie, like you know, I don't know, maybe the Toronto Maple Leafs, maybe the Edmonton Oilers, the L.A. Kings, you could send back some contracts to make that work, and you look at it as this year and next with him, and then you oh. worry about it later, right? Yeah, Yossi's nine million till oh, twenty-eight. My. Oh, really? Could you get him to eat? Yeah. Three of that? Probably not. It's pretty good. So what did you want to do with these names? Well, in, in our first hour, we talked about John Tavares uh, setting himself up for 1,000 points. Tonight, he'll be honored by the Toronto Maple Leaf, uh, Leafs, which is great. But it got us thinking about others who have 1,000 points who are on the outside looking in towards the Hockey Hall of Fame. And I'm just going to throw out some names for you. Okay. And uh, while well, we can still debate whether or not John Tavares presently is in a situation where he can get in or not mm-hmm. there's others who are still waiting like 
Brian Getzlaff, 1,157 games, 1,019 points. He's in. He makes yeah, my Hall of Fame. He's in. Why is he in? Cop. All right. 1100 points. But we did the whole show about like team success mattering. It was like yeah, <laughs> Olympic gold, Stanley Cup. Yeah, matter. Ton of points. Yeah, dominant player. That's been, that's one of the best the, players in the league. Do you win a heart? No. No. Harry Harry heart, but he, he was in the stall. Thirteen hundred. That's the same. And sixty-five games. Him and Getz have such a same argument. A thousand and sixty-three. Same guy. Well, didn't they both win the cup in their rookie year? Wasn't it Stahl a rookie? Yeah, that was early. Yeah, it was really early. Same with Getzlaff. Like they won the cup so early in their career. I'd say one's yes, in, yes. the other one's in. I think they're both in, yeah. Uh, not much debate for uh, Patrice Bergeron no, or Joe Thornton. Lock. Patrick Marlowe's uh, numbers in the regular season are too yeah. great to Lock. be ignored. Yeah, longevity. Patrick. Those guys must have had a lot of playoff games too, him and Thornton. Yeah, oh, yeah. As much as they didn't win a cup, they must yeah. have. Patrick Eliash. Great career with New Jersey, Stanley Cups, 1,240 I like games. I like that one because it was a different time. Like, the way the game looked, and he was a player of that era, right? Like, he defended, and... He was a good player. He was a really good all-around my guy. I f- feared him big time as a Leaf fan when they played my him. My buddy Alex Kovalev. Mm. You know... 13, soft, 16. Softest hands ever. Softest hands ever. What's that? I know, Sorry, but, give me the numbers again. 1,300 games played. 1,316. And uh, 1,029 points. The Stanley Cup with the New York Rangers, but... Was he a front-line guy? Did he lead the charge? He's not going to do it for me. You know, and that I know you played with him, so it's probably not a popular Listen, take. From, but... from, a, from a talent point of view, he's, he's, yeah. he's there, but, but I don't know if he, was, if he set himself up for, for being perceived as a front-line guy. Rightly or wrongly, I think there's something to be said that the hockey community doesn't love the idea that they feel like you left something on the table. Uh, Nick Backstrom? Yeah, I like Nick Backstrom. No, but uh, two, not not enough. Just one, one Stanley Cup in one year. Where, I just I never felt get, like he was one of the five best players in the league. Like if if you're he, in the Hall of Fame, yeah, if he's Ray Whitney. Whitney. Same thing for me. Like never one of those guys where he's like that guy was dominant. Jeremy Roenick should be in, boys. Yeah, yeah the should. numbers are Agreed. just too good. Yeah. Brenda Moore should be in. Yep. McGillney yes. didn't even reach a thousand games. Like Verbeek. I like Verbeek, too. 1,400 so, games. Our Hall of Fame's getting big here. It boys. Is. They're, they're in. They're in. <laughs> okay, enjoy your games tonight. We're back again tomorrow on The Real Kipper and Born Show.